not beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today you meet my new friend Cindy. We talk not only about her own spiritual journey, but also about two things close to my heart. Family constellation and food but more about nutrition than actual food. I met Cindy at a family consolation day and was gobsmacked by her ability to absorb energy and her response in the consolation field. It was absolutely amazing to see. The family consolation day was run by Volker, the transformation facilitator from the episode aired on 1 August 2019. If you suspect you have any unprocessed family-related issues in your life, I seriously recommend that you attend one of his Family Constellation workshops. After the day that I met Cindy, I had a significant urge to get to know her better and know more about her, and I'm happy and grateful to have had that opportunity when we recorded this episode. Just for reference, the personal trainer Cindy and I informally discussed before I introduced her, and the episode formally begins, is Brad from Pocket PT. He was our guest on 2 April this year. Look both of them up if you want either family constellation or you need personal training. To know more about Cindy and Nourishment Coaching, find her on Facebook. Just look for Nourishment Coaching and that is Nourishment, the mint with an I, not with an E. And on Instagram with the handle Nourishment Coaching. Again, please note that she spells the mint of Nourishment with an I on both Facebook and Instagram. So go find her. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life Anon, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop, which is www.freddyshop.co.za. This is Cindy's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy. It's got to be authentic. That's what I enjoyed when I listened to your podcast. It was very real, you know, real. Awesome. Real raw and cut. Can I just ask you a quick question? Yes. What are you doing? You look different. You look, have you lost weight or have you been on some kind of eating protocol or what's happening? No. Um, if anything, I, I gained weight. I have. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. No, I've, I've to me, you look weight. healthy. Oh, thank you. What, what lockdown gave me was a personal trainer. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Coming to your home. Coming over the airwaves. <laughs> Oh, a, oh, did you join Jeff or one of those? Or? Um, he's, he's a guy in Johannesburg whom I met on Twitter. I saw on Twitter this yeah. guy kind of, he, he takes on the gym bros, kind of, you know, it, he would post an exercise and say, so you possibly saw a gym bro doing this in the gym. This is what you're going to hurt if you try this. Don't yeah. do this. You know? And if you've got a personal trainer that says to you, this is the exercise, then he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> so, so I love I just, it. And then I, 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 I messaged him one day with a stupid question about something. And then we started chatting. And um, then one day I saw him advertising. Listen to this. This is insane. 
six months of personal yeah. training on, on Zoom for 500 rand. As many sessions oh, as come on. as many sessions as you want. So I see him four times a week, and I'm in month three or four. It's insane. I, I, well, said it's husband, I said to my husband, you have to sign up for this. He said, no, because this is a scam. No, nobody can charge this little. And if he charges this little, he can't know what he's doing. So I joined and a friend joined her husband, her mother. Yes. And then my husband spoke to them and, and he's really good. So he's now signed up as well. Actually just finished his session now at two o'clock. So, I love it. So Brad, Brad has definitely changed my life. I'm, I'm feeling well done. That's amazing. One thing that, that really bothered me is that I'm my my designation is like in a wellness counselor, and mm. that is mind, body, spirit. And I was doing the mind and body mm. stuff, the mind and spirit stuff, but I wasn't working out. I, I was getting no exercise. Right. So I, I started right. feeling like a fake, and and I actually went yeah. through went through a, a, quite a few therapy sessions trying to see what is it with me and my, my, my reluctance to exercise because I, I don't like exercising. I don't like sweating. Um, I don't like my, mm. my, my, my heart racing. I don't like deep breathing. Mm. Just, um, and then Brad just happened and he, he only works with your own body weight. So you're, yes, you're yes. never that exhausted. But I, I really yeah, feel, that's I really better. Feel good. Yeah. Strength training. Mm. Mm. Completely so. agree. Awesome. So I think that might be it. I gained a lot of weight and I'm speaking to Brad and I'm seeing Brad. I'm seeing him at five. Oh, so, um, well done. So, that's, so that's amazing. Really fun. Awesome. Oh, we actually been recording. So we can now start. Not, <laughs> we might use oh. this, might not use it. <laughs> I'm give, ready. Give Brad some, some advertising. Yeah. Um, good afternoon, Cindy. Thank you so, so much for joining Meet Me in the Field. Thank Today, you so much for inviting me. Since the day I met you, which was, we, we, we think about a year ago, it was mm. a, sun, a Saturday in Hout Bay. And yes. I, I did my first family constellation. And mm. you, you were there and you impressed the shit out of me. <laughs> in, how many family constellations have you done before that day? Sure, that's a good question. Only a, less than a handful. I'm still quite new to the... Mm. Was new to the modality. God, I'm virtually closing my eyes here and jumping in in the deep end. And as I said to you, I don't have questions, so I have a theme of family constellation. I definitely want to go to, and I want to to, yeah. to, to talk to you about your nutrition work, which I find also okay. fascinating. Cindy, you really fascinated me that day. I was in awe, mm. and what fascinated me was your incredible connection that you had in the field. It was phenomenal. Mm. What I've now learned over, over, over time is, am I correct if I say that that means you have an incredibly sensitive nervous system, that you are so sensitive to energies and people's vibrations? Yes, 100%. I'm a, a, a typical empath. Okay. And I've always had uh, deep levels of empathy. I've always felt things differently. And, but, but I was very trapped in my own trauma and unresolved experiences. And so I, I wasn't actually aware of how useful I could be in, in the healing world. 
with those empathetic qualities and family constellation work actually opened me up to my ability to be clairvoyant and to be a medium and since oh, wow. doing the family constellations, it's opened up quite a lot of other stuff for me. Yeah. So a whole yeah. new world great, opened for you work. because of that. If I yes. maybe add that personal, what brought you to your first family constellation? What, what made you decide? Yeah. Where did you hear about family constellation and what made you think, oh, this, this might be interesting, this might work? Or, or what, what was it? Yeah, great question. I started doing breathworks with Volker. Okay. So I was starting to learn about energy work and shifting and, you know, the power of the breath. Uh, and I was very much on a, a journey of searching, searching for my freedom, my emotional freedom. Mm. And Volker suggested to me that I try this constellation work. And I'd heard about it here and there. And I decided to just be, be brave and close and, your eyes and die. Yeah. 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 And Oh my word, I had no idea what to expect and what I was going to experience at my first constellation. And you know, there's, um, there's a quote, I think it's by um, Mark Twain, I could be wrong. And he says, the two most important days of your life mm. are when you're born yeah. and when you discover why you were born. Yeah. I am so with and you on that one. Yeah. I felt like that in my first constellation because that was the first time I ever realized the power of my vessel, yeah. you know, and, um, and the channel that, that I was incarnated with. So yeah, yeah beautiful, yeah. incredible. I had to learn how to work with it though. Cause initially I would be flat on my back for two days. After I can, the I can imagine the, the yeah. energy that you brought into that space. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just, just, just talking mm. to you about it as in, as I said, in, I was in awe. You fascinated me. I, 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 and I chose you to represent me in the field. And mm. the first words you said when you were sitting there as, as, as little Freddie and Volker asked you, what's coming up for you? And you, you said, what, what's going on here? I, 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 I can't figure out what's going on. And those were exact, that was exactly how I felt my whole childhood. I didn't understand. Oh, wow. It made no sense what was going no on. sense. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So I arrived that, that morning being so, what's the word, um, doubtful about this modality, about me being there. But, wow, I left there sold, absolutely sold. It was wonderful. Yeah. yeah so, it's one of the things I missed the most during this lockdown period. So we didn't oh, have yes, any constellations. Yeah. Mm. And I, I really I struggled with it because it helps me to release as well yeah. what's whatever's happening in my in my yeah. field. Are you now so, attending yes. most of the sessions as a what do you call it a watcher? A, 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 a representative. A, oh, cool. I, yeah. I do both. Yeah, okay. I mean I const I have constellated quite a bit, and it has helped my family constellation immensely. Awesome. And then I represent. As, as often as possible. And recently I actually proxied for somebody, oh, cool. oh, wow. which was a new, a new experience yeah. and was unbelievable. Like literally we all sat there gobsmacked yeah. by what came forward. Wow. So yeah, you just can't make the shit up, you know, you, you can't. know that lovely you, saying. You honestly, honestly, I was doubtful until I think the second last session of the day and not doubtful about what was happening in the field, but, about my ability to connect 
truly with mm. what's happening in the field. And mm. the second last session, it, it was a girl who was um, representing. Representing? Representing yeah. for a sister. And I was the father. Mm. And as I stood there, I cannot explain the hatred I felt for my ex-wife's new husband. There was no, my whole body was full. I looked at him and I was disgusted that he, yeah. that he took my wife from me. <laughs> it was and you, you had no relation, dear, at no, all. I had no vested input in this whole situation. So it was absolutely mm. phenomenal. Cindy, are you from Cape Town or where are you from? Yes, I'm, I'm born in Cape Town, um, but I lived between Cape Town and Johannesburg as I, as I grew up. Okay. Yeah, but I consider myself a Cape Townian. Awesome. And you spent the first period of lockdown, you spent on a farm, which made I me did. think that you're a farm girl. I'm, I'm actually not, but my, my mom and stepdad moved out to a small holding on the West Coast okay. about yeah. 16 years ago. Yeah. And I have been, you know, visiting them regularly in the last 16 years. But this was the first time that I spent a significant time there and actually got to understand what it is to live on a small holding. And I also chose at that time to just really entrench myself in working with the, in the veggie garden and getting involved a little bit with planting. And yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they certainly aren't producing. It's, it's all for, for sustenance. Yeah. You know? It's nothing commercial. Yeah. And it was, gosh, it was so soothing and healing. And I had just been retrenched right before then, oh, no. right before lockdown. Yeah, thank, thank you for that. It was, it, was, it was such a gift. I went through truly, the same. It was such a gift. <laughs> the best thing that you know, happened I was with to a bunch me. Of, yeah, I was with a bunch of women yesterday at a sisterhood gathering. It was hilarious. The one woman, she's introducing herself and telling a bit about herself. And she goes, blah, blah. And I'm currently trying to get fired from corporate. And that, that became the, <laughs> yeah. the slogan for the session. With, with respect to the, the machine and the engine and the, that, that corporate is, you know, sometimes when you awaken, you, you struggle to work in a structure like that, which, which I was. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, spat out. So I, I did actually need some healing. Awesome. Because my, my um, exit from that, that company was... Uh, quite harmful to me. I know. Uh, and it was just so good to be wrapped up in the arms of Pachamama. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I lost my, I was retrenched as well. And it was definitely the best oh, thing that no. happened to me. It was because I was a qualified counselor, because I, was, I wasn't working as a counselor because I didn't have the confidence. Mm. And then I got retrenched. Yep. I realized that I've got a qualification that I'm not really using. So maybe it's yes. time to to do this and it's the best thing that ever happened so yeah also i'm very very grateful for i wouldn't have had the guts so i had to get kicked <laughs> so, yeah. and, and the, the, that kick su suited my life perfectly did you grow up in, in cape town city or surrounds i grew up in cape town city i mean oh. i was born in mully point Oh. And yes, and but then I lived in Johannesburg from like the age of four to I think about ten. And then I came back to Cape Town and I grew up in Greenpoint on the Atlantic oh, okay. seaboard. Okay, so you're but very that, much a Cape, Cape Town girl. Only until I was about very much in, in town. But then I actually went to high school in Stellenbosch and Grahamstown. Okay. 
So oh, wow. I really have had a very mixed yeah. upbringing, yeah, in terms of what of of what I'm used to, or how I can adjust, I guess, to mm. different environments. Yeah. What did you study? Because I see you, yeah, you, you studied in Grahamstown, yeah. Yeah, I, I did a year only at Rhodes. Okay. I started doing a commerce degree, which was the biggest <laughs> mistake I could have possibly made. Sorry, sorry for giggling. Absolutely no interest in commerce. Yeah, no interest there. I actually wanted to become a dietitian. Okay. And I was accepted at, a, at, at Stellenbosch and somewhere else to do a BSc, but I didn't get into the, diet, the dietetics program. Okay. And my mom said, before we invest here, let's, let's uh, go, take you to an aptitude, um, what do you call them? An industrial psychologist. Yeah. And she said, you're going to need a lot of extra support to make it through a BSc because you dropped physics at school. And of course, when you're young, you, you, you take the advice of the elders, you know. And so I allowed that advice to dissuade me from following my natural interest, which yeah. it actually it didn't harm me from a career perspective because I ended up going into HR and that career served me extremely well. But what you know, what I know now as an adult is if you don't pursue your passion, you will end up feeling very unfulfilled, no matter how high you climb, no matter what you're earning. And uh, I found myself very much facing a ceiling of my own potential because I was just not interested, you know. Mm. And I now find myself at the age of 42 and a bit trying to change careers. Oh, my gosh. It is... It's so overwhelming here, but I just know that it is entirely linked with why I'm here. And it it is also using this incredible gift that I have in terms of empathy. And also, if if you're interested, I'll share with you just now some of how my mediumship is coming through in my nourishment work as well. So yeah, all very... Go there there right now. While we're on the topic, let's go for it. Because I'm I'm very interested in in the others, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, so I had a great career in HR as a recruitment expert. And uh, I definitely found a lot of my skills and my strengths and my talents being used there. But, you know, as you become a functional lead, your role becomes a lot more about um, serving the needs of the business as opposed to the needs of the people or even the applicants that you're taking care of, the new entrants into the company. And, And that wasn't working for me. So uh, alongside this career, I had a 30-year relationship with major eating issues. Because I learned to soothe with food and cope with eating and food from very young, Uh, and what I didn't learn was how to be resilient and how to cope with my emotional landscape. And, And being so sensitive as a being, I just felt things so much more intensely. So I learned layer upon layer of how not to actually face my feelings and cope with my feelings. And then as life got more complex, more pressurized, and I had some really traumatic experiences like my younger brother dying of leukemia, Mm. uh, I just, I just, my, my eating issues started ramping up and I found myself in a place where I lost, really lost my vitality. I lost my joy. I lost and it was, it was definitely linked to what was happening in my life, but it was more so that I couldn't get control of my own self. So I was constantly dieting, and then I was very happy when I was thin, but I just couldn't maintain it. So then mm. I would blow up, because you know, diets are not designed yeah. to keep people slim. 
and I just became extremely depressed. Oh. And uh, I discovered an online program called Transform Your Relationship with Food, and it completely turned the tables on dysfunctional eating. And it said that your relationship with food and eating and your body image, this is, this is not something to be fixed. This is a doorway to learn about who you are and where you need to grow. Ah. I loved it so much because it resonated, but I decided to, I finished that program and then I decided to become a coach and actually learn the philosophy and the methodology. And so I um, completed that over a year in about 2018 I left my position and I opened up a coaching practice, but to be honest, I hadn't fully integrated the learnings myself and I needed more time. So I got drawn back into corporate to keep myself going. Yeah. And then when I got retrenched this year, I said, stuff it. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to make this work. And so now what I'm doing is trying to get this business of mine, nourishment coaching up and running where I coach predominantly women in how to learn about their innate body's wisdom and how to see their eating and health challenges as this, this doorway as to what's actually missing in their adult skill set. Yeah. And, you know, what yeah. are they not looking at? What are they not healing? What's unresolved? As well as some just bog standard, really good nutritional coaching. And it's really life changing. I mean, I am seeing such amazing results with these women. And it's, 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 it's the last thing we look at is, is weight loss or anything like that. We look at, you know, how do we take you to a space of feeling engaged in your life and healing what is separating yeah. within, you know, these, these wounds that we don't address. So um, the piece I wanted to mention to you was that whilst I use, I use science, there's a lot of science in my training, I use my intuition. And that is where this, this channeling work just, it just blows my mind. Like the things, the messages that come in, the things that I sometimes see about the person opposite me when I don't even know them, but the work so much, you know, and it creates such a sense of closeness and trust with these women that the work has taken on, it is so sacred. It is so sacred. And it is helping me to continue to strive to heal my stuff, you know, because yeah. it's, it's there. It takes time. So that's where I am now. I'm transitioning careers and I'm hopefully really helping women to overcome these challenges. Fantastic. When I started my, my practice, a friend who's a lawyer mm. who works for herself said to me, you need to give yourself three years. Okay. And I thought, that's but I don't advice. have three years. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you earlier that I had the best July and August ever. And I was in practice beginning yes. of September for three years. <laughs> so, so it seems as if, as if three years to build your own business is. is okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And something else that I've learned is if I can, can maybe save you a lot of pain and suffering in the future is for me, social media marketing did not work. <gasps> That's amazing insight. My clients come to me word of mouth. Okay. That's what I'm also seeing here. Huh? Yeah. If I can save you a, a, a lot of soul searching and a lot of drama in your life, social media marketing did not work. <laughs> so, so it's not you. Thank you it's so much media. for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. Because I'm also spending a lot of money, hey? money yeah. and time on this bloody social media thing. And it's, yeah. 
it's also quite unaligned to who I am. Like I feel uncomfortable, like, yeah. and I'd, I'd far rather be investing my energy in writing, in creating products and programs for people yeah. than this in social media vibe. Anyway, thank you. That's you. very useful. I can possibly build another small practice with what I've spent on social media until I realize that this actually doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so happy to hear this. Okay, yeah. tell me. Cindy, did, did you grow up with a sense of religion or spirituality in your life? Sure, you know, that's such an interesting question and I've thought about it myself. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely religion was in the movie because I spent a lot of my life in boarding school. Okay. And, uh, so my first, the first boarding school I went to at the age of six was a Catholic school and we were actually looked after by nuns. Oh my word. And then later on, there was quite a big emphasis um, in, in the second part of high school when I went to DSG, which is an Anglican school. So yes, religion was there. Um, and I always had a very healthy respect for a higher power. Okay. I, and still don't buy into the indoctrination of religion. I, I just can't, um, it, it just doesn't resonate with me at all. Although yeah. I, there are parts of it like Christ consciousness and that sort of thing that definitely I relate to, um, but I am very much a spiritualist. Okay, cool. The nutritional work that, that you do, mm. Is that around, how can I put this? Helping people with a relationship with food and their bodies. Or, or, yes. What does it entail? Because I'm not hearing kind of diet plans. Right. No, that's, that's very accurate. So um, I'm not a dietitian and I'm actually not a nutritionist. I have a very good body of knowledge around nutrition but I actually start with, first of all, what's, what's the issue? What's the health or well-being or weight issue? And then I go through a process of looking at the person's diet. Mm -hmm. What is the eating system that they follow? What is their level of consciousness around food? And I look at simple principles, you know, like do they pay attention to hydration? Do they have certain food preferences or intolerances? So I do look at the physiology, always evaluate things like sleep, energy levels, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and then I go into, so where I can see that there are gaps or issues, I then go into the emotional landscape of that person. And I find out using a set of dimensions, for example, primary relationships, so marriage, children, parents, I find out where is their stress activation and then I understand, so what is their stress, resilience, and tolerance, and coping mechanisms? And nine times out of 10, it's related to food. Okay. I also look at things like, what is the health of their digestion? Because that tells me about their stress chemistry and, and what sort of state of mind they're in. So the whole And then I work with strategies. Yeah. And then we, then we start to heal. And okay. it's, it's quite phenomenal work. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Mm. You know, these, these medical aid forms or life insurance forms or things you fill in every now and then that says, has your weight changed with something like a five or 10 kilogram range mm. within the past five years? And I always mm -hmm. have to say yes, because <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people where you said earlier that you lose weight and then you, you just blow up again. And I'm very much like that as well. 
mean, when I got married four years ago, I weighed 68 kilograms, the same I weighed in a trick. And I'm now 80. Wow. I weighed in yesterday at 83, 84. Yeah. And I've lost yeah, a kilo yeah. already, so it's 85. So I've got a very, very unhealthy relationship with food, especially with mm. sugar. With sugar, and, okay. And what I'm learning is that I also struggle with the idea of enough. Is I, I, I struggle oh. with, 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 with what an appropriate portion size is. Mm -hmm. I'm, I normally eat until okay. I'm overly full and I only realize afterwards, shit, and I ate, and ate too much. <laughs> yeah, and let me, let me tell you that that is the case for many, many people. And it's because we are somehow taught to disembody, which means lose connection with our physicality. So we actually learn to override our appetite. We learn not to listen to our body's biofeedback about when to stop eating, about what digests well and what doesn't. Mm. Because to a, to a large extent, we are quite hijacked by what we are being shown in the media around mm. what we should and shouldn't eat, what's good for us, what's not, what portion sizes should be. And a lot of us are actually very hungry for, new, for nourishment. So actual macro and micronutrient nourishment. We don't actually have the right intake and balance because so much of what we eat is deficient. So what I teach is, for example, how to connect with the whole foods movement. Okay. Um, and that is eating food as close to its, its, its natural form as possible. You know, I'm quite, um, I'm quite anti-eating food that comes out of boxes, for example, that's made in factories that sits on shelves for a year. So it's really okay. educating okay. people um, around that, but then also enabling people to make choices for themselves. I think that's absolutely critical. And I don't believe in demonizing food. I believe about believe in understanding what impact food has in the body. Okay. And to your point, Freddie, I mean, in South Africa, we are raised in a culture where food is just used for so many things other than sustenance. Yeah. And yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, but if we're, if we're unaware of it, you know, then, then food is running us, not the other way. And yeah. that's when we get into yeah. these uh, unhe unhealthy dynamics. And I also say that, you know, some of us are actually better with a bit of body weight on us, to be totally honest. Our yeah. energy is better. Yeah. We feel better. Other, others of us prefer to be light. We feel better. And that's what I, I want people to pursue is their bliss. And, of course, I want people to reverse disease. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's just a, a no-brainer. So, yeah, course, I hear course, what you're saying. Something that, that upsets me when, when, I, when I look at, at, at food on shelves and I look yeah. at food advertising, how things that are, are really bad for you are advertised as things that are really good for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> what is, Don't even get what is your take on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have... Look, we all have to have a healthy level of respect for the commercial engine that runs the world. But you know, we should never be fooled that, that that engine was designed to support us because it wasn't. It was yeah. designed to get money off us and, and to keep the economy running. So my view on, on food is that the minute it's, it's not freshly farmed and it's, it's not close to its, its a natural form, then it's being tweaked in a way that is likely to be unhealthy for us. Yeah. And absolutely, the food industry, you know, it's, it's being um, 
driven by profits. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they, yeah, nutritional content is to be queried. And, and even the way things are packaged, like you say, to look a certain way. I mean, I'm, I'm doing some, some studying at the moment through an incredible health movement called Wild Fit. Wild and, Fit. Uh, <laughs> Wild Fit, yeah. Uh-huh. The founder is a guy named Eric Imedes. I'm, I'm so comfortable promoting his work because he is, yeah, he's got it right. And he's actually, can you believe this? He's um, Canadian. He presents as, as American, in, you know, to, to the average South African, but he's actually from South Africa. He was oh born God. in South Africa, Victoria, which just gave me even, you know, kind of more interest in, in this philosophy. He's yeah. teaching anthropological nutrition, which is really taking us back to our original design as Homo sapiens, because what we need to function optimally, optimally from a nutrition perspective has not actually changed very much. And to go back to the food industry, he educates a lot in his teachings around how to lift this veil of deceit, which is simple things like the colors used on packaging. You know, if you look at packaging, it's um, often the, the coloring is mimics natural colors, greens, beiges, yeah. whatever the case is. It has like um, foods that look like they come from nature. But when you go to the back of the box, oh, brother, okay, there is <laughs> very little natural in there. <laughs> he uses tomato sauce as one example. I mean, tomato sauce has got like, you know, I don't know, I think it's, I don't, I don't want to misquote here, but it's got an element of tomatoes and then it's got a shitload of sugar. Yeah. So many people don't know that. So, um, yeah, food industry, it's not, they're not really going to change their ways fundamentally unless we stop buying the products that they produce and that's not going to happen very fast. So yeah. I feel like yeah. we just need to be informed, you know, yeah. and, and then we need to make informed decisions and i just want to whilst i'm on my um soapbox here i also want to talk about uh the beauty industry and the advertising industry and the health industry and the diet oh industry. girlfriend please please do <laughs> i did an opinion piece in into my facebook group where I, I i was i had to try and tone myself down a little bit but i just feel so aggrieved that in my case for example i mean i'm five foot two you know i'm tiny yeah. From the time that I was maturing and becoming, uh, going from a girl into a teenager and everything, my whole view of my uh, self-worth and my attractiveness was, mm-hmm. was hijacked by that industry. So they started telling me from as young as 11, 12, 13, that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. Yeah. I wasn't slim enough. But even the clothes that used to be available at that time of my life, you know, they didn't fit my body well because I'm more curvy by nature and it really trashed my sense of self value Mm. and that's why I dieted chronically for 30 years and I know so many women that are faced with that same thing and the way we judge ourselves it it just completely breaks my heart and this is one of the things I work with my clients on is who are you really how do you really look you're beautiful look at yourself in this break free of being told is attractive and actually, when I've spoken to some of my male friends, they've said, Sins, we feel the same way. Like, Absolutely. We felt this pressure to conform to having a six-pack. And I've always said to any guy that I'm about to date, if you throw your six-pack at me, I'm not interested. Like, it doesn't <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> not interested. So, 
Yeah, in terms of the industries out there, I think, again, we need to take our power back as consumers and as human beings. And we need to really understand how bloody magnificent each of us is and how unique and how perfect, provided, of course, we are looking after ourselves, yeah. you know, just the basics. You reminded so me now me. of, I actually wrote a blog post about exactly the same thing a, a long time ago. And I just, just while you were talking, I looked at, I think it is the post of 20, 21 September 2017. So it's exactly three years ago. Um, oh my word. We are also take, took, took on the industry about, about the falseness. And you know what, yeah. what's interesting about men and their six packs is mm. this, the, whole, the whole male physique um, industry was born from the onset of AIDS. <laughs> what? When, Yes, we men had to prove, look, look how strong I am. That means I'm healthy. Oh, my goodness, no. Freaky, huh? No. I, I read a few yeah, articles on, on that. It sounds like, oh, wow, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, we've, re we've really got to take the blinders off. And I, I also yeah. would just like to share, Freddie, that in terms of my mission long term, you know, I'm, I'm only just getting up on my feet here, but... When I see somebody who's heavily overweight, let's even say grossly overweight, my first reaction is not uh, disgust or judgment. It is intense compassion. Yeah. Because of the work that I do, I know what causes Absolutely. that kind of dysfunction, yeah. both on a physiological level and on an emotional level. And mm. I just want to reach out and help them. Yes. And yet, these people are carrying around these, you know, these, these vessels that have, have built up in that way to usually to protect them yes. from something. Mm. And then they have to deal with fat shaming, body shaming, people being absolutely revolting to them. Yeah. And I absolutely know that part of my life's work is going to be changing that. Well, and if changing there's how anything I can do to help you on the journey, please take my hand. I want to walk, I want to walk with you. Thank um, you, thank you. Because one thing that I am so deeply ashamed of in my life is how I used to be a fat shamer. I used to be the, oh. the, the person that will not talk to you because you're fat. Really? I, I hated fat. I hated fat people. Um, yes, and then I went, yes. There's so many others like that. It's not well, fair. Exactly. And then I went to rehab and... Mm. Nearly 11 years later, my two best friends are both compulsive overeaters. <laughs> oh, because I, I, I now understand it so much better. And there is so much love and compassion involved in the way I look mm. at food and, and, and my own food issues. One of yes. the girls actually asked me at some stage to share at a, at a compulsive overeater meeting. When I knew I was going to talk there, I realized that since very early in my recovery, part of my prayer to my higher power, which is Mother Nature, was mm. help me to not act out on food today. Mm, so mm, subconsciously, mm. I, I know what a bad relationship I, I have with food. And, um, yes, yes. And what an unhealthy brain process happens for me when I That's carry it. extra weight. Because I always say to people, yeah. when I carry extra weight, I start believing the voices in my head. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I hear, I hear you on that one. And yeah. in mind-body nutrition, which is one of the key pieces of philosophy that I, I, I believe in and I teach, the brain is so clever that it will actually create things like hunger and craving and compulsive eating 
as a mm-hmm. way to either make you pay attention to something so that you eventually like, why am I doing this? Oh, there's unresolved grief. So that's, that's, that's for, let's say, maybe a more awakened person. Yeah. Or it will yeah. do that so that you actually, you're putting energetic distance between yourself and the world around you because you feel so unsafe. Absolutely. You know, it can happen from the spirit as well. It's yeah. driven spiritually. And, and so people who are grossly overweight, some of them also have, um, they've had their, their brains hijacked by food, by sugar yeah. and various yeah. other substances. And, you know, like anybody in that condition of unwellness, I feel like they deserve compassion. Yeah. Um, and, and, care. and the correlation between um, grossly overweight people and sexual abuse. Huge. It's huge. It, it, it's absolutely, absolutely phenomenal to, to, to see yeah. that. And, and you mentioned it yeah. earlier. That, that fact becomes the stay away from me. That's the barrier. Right. 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 And subconscious. Because if you like me, you're going to hurt me. So stay away. Right. And in the, by the way, in the case of, um, of sexual trauma, so you, studies have shown, and I learned, I learned this in, in my studies as well, that subconsciously, again, there is a recognition that if I'm grossly overweight, the chances of me being raped, molested, or whatever the case is, is vastly reduced. Okay. The brain brings okay. on hunger. It brings on hunger and cravings and compulsion. Sure, we've got a long way to go because uh, fat shaming and fatism, I mean, mm. no, you know, it's, I it's am, a global machine. So with you on that one. Tell me quickly, this is, this, I hope that this question isn't completely way out, but it, it will be mm-hmm. interesting to hear your, your, your answer. And that is, talk to me a little about, about the spirituality of food. Spirituality of food? Yeah, Food as a means of connecting people, as a means of worship. Yes, yes, absolutely. There is actually something called the conscious eating movement. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but um, it's absolutely call. beautiful. I, I teach about it in some of my Facebook lives as well, where you ritualize the eating process, which we've, we've, we've all but stopped doing. And there's, there's two reasons for ritualizing the eating process. The one is because it is sacred and it's a form of showing respect and gratitude for, um, for Pachamama, for Mother Daya who produces this food and also for any of the beings that were sacrificed, you know, to nourish us. Then it's also the next purpose is that it brings people together. So for example, in community and family, so conscious eating uh, encourages us sitting down and having meals together or even alone, but ritualizing it in some way, laying a, pla- a, ta- um, a setting at the table, candles, etc. instead of, you know, wolfing our food down in front of the television, which many of us do. But there's a third very, very important reason as well. And that is to activate the mechanics of eating, which is another core thing that I teach. By the way, activate I'm posting the mechanics a, of eating. mechanics of eating, which starts at, it starts at, the thought or the sensation that I'm hungry. And then it goes to preparing food ourselves, which then activates the receptors in the brain that says, I'm going to receive nourishment, which then switches on the digestion. First thing you then feel is a stronger sense of appetite. Tummy gets ready to receive. Digestion gets switched on. So there are some very practical, as well as I think just 
spiritual elements to conscious yeah. eating. And I kind of package this whole thing under the label of intuitive eating. Okay. Um, and I'm doing, I'm hosting masterclass next, next week, by the way. So, you know, oh, online. Yes. For free. Just because oh, I want people to start thinking differently about yeah. food and eating. And when is that masterclass, Cindy? It's next Tuesday at 12.30 and I'm doing it via um, Google Meet and people can sign up for it online through Facebook. I'm advertising it under my page, but it's also, um, I have um, an amazing brand that I collaborate with called Kaya and Ailey or Kaya and Ailey. And so between us, we're going to, it's the second time I'm hosting it. Awesome. Um, now, I wanted to yeah. know because I, I would have put a link to it, but this episode is only coming out on Thursday, so it will be too late for Okay, so for, it'll be that. too late. Yeah. No problem. Because I really, really, really like all of us doing things on our own. I always share my friends' stuff because I, I yeah. know we, we all try to make a difference. And if I can share Absolutely. And, and make make change one person's perspective on something, then, then I'm going yeah. to do that. Where do you stand with with the spirituality of killing animals to eat meat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, it's quite, it's pretty clear for me. I was raised a meat eater. I'm currently a pescatarian. Okay, so you and, eat fish. Uh, yeah, but I oscillate between ve- being a vegetarian and eating fish. Okay. Just depending on what my nourishment needs are. And I, so, so I'm quite intuitive in that way. But to answer your question... Um, when I started doing energy work, when I started awakening and when I started using my channel for, for intuition purposes, I could not eat meat anymore. I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't digest it. Yeah. And I just wow. became completely turned off. Wow. That said, I, I, if you look at the sacred design okay, of all the beings, like everything consumes something. Yes. Okay, but it's, it's in the how. So back in the day, we used to have to hunt and actually earn the right mm. to consume the animal that we were going yeah. to eat. Nowadays, you know, talk yeah. about a captive audience. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. totally, it's totally unethical the way it's being done. Yeah. And I, I just, I can't ever see myself going back unless it was for some kind of health reason yeah. because – the fact of the matter is that there are specific protein types and amino acids in animal proteins that humans benefit from. Yeah. And that's why, you know, that's why we, we, we come from a, from an eating background of eating animal proteins. But then again, you get other um, cultures, for example, many Hindus who don't touch meat at all from the time that they're born and they're absolutely fine because they've learned other adequate um, proteins to, to take in. But, I feel like the way it's being done now, the way animals are being killed for, for eating purposes and the amount of meat that is being consumed in the average diet, uh, it's, it's just another example of how fast asleep and how separate we are from the divine design yeah. of who we are. Yeah. I stopped eating meat two years ago and it took, mm. me, it took me about two years from making the decision yeah. that I want to stop eating meat to actually getting to the point of, of, of stopping to eat meat. Right. And um, where the penny dropped for me was when I, when I got a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I started, yeah. and I started looking at this little being and um, 
Mm. And it, 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 it started thinking, but, you know, I started looking at, I don't know why, but, but it's, it's part of an awakening. So, so that, I, that's the yes. why is I, I started looking at the following people on Twitter, for instance, who were, who were, who were animal activists and those type of things. And yes. it just kind of reached, I reached a point where morally I can't do this any longer. And yeah, yeah, I, will yeah. sta- I will stand next to your bra and I will tell you, yo, that meat looks nice and it smells fantastic. And I hope you enjoy it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to partake. It, it just, I'm not going to participate. It just doesn't yeah. feel, right, feel right for me. I mean, yes. That's something I'm, yes. I'm really, really happy about is that, that I could make that decision in, and, and put it into practice. And, I'm, and I don't miss it. Yes, it looks nice and it smells nice, but I don't want it in my body. Thank you. No, <laughs> it, 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 me it's, neither. It's, it's truly okay, yeah. Yeah, also, not interested. Yeah. Cindy, I'm, I'm trying to keep my episodes at about 45 minutes. So we are way past that. Okay. So there's a little bit we're going to cut out. But I'm, I want okay. to thank you from the bottom of my little pink heart and say that <laughs> I am so, so, so chuffed that we got to chat. And um, if you at any stage want a collaboration on food, body image, self-image, because obviously the, the concept of weight has such a huge impact on self-esteem. The way we think of ourselves because yeah. of the way society yeah. thinks of us. So please, please reach yeah. out. Um, take, take my hand. I, I'm more than willing to walk with you. I love collaborating. Well, what First of all, thank you for the offer. And, and I'm going to accept it because collaborating with, with other brands and other people and coaches and things is kind of a part of my business strategy. So yes, let's collaborate. And then I always say, um, you need to understand my medicine. So um, in that case, I will offer you some coaching uh, at no cost naturally, because I want you to experience what it is that I do. So um, we can organize that offline. Please, 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 please. So I am going to say goodbye now in terms of the recording and then we can chat. But okay. thank you once again and enjoy the rest okay. of your beautiful afternoon. Okay, so now I'm going to stop recording. Thank you. Not, it was okay. wonderful to chat. <laughs> Bye. I love what I do for Robbie. <laughs> Meet Me in the Field is granting me the opportunity to talk to the most amazing people. I am so happy that Cindy agreed to talk to us. I'm terribly excited to have my nutrition session with her while also bloody nervous that you might rip me a new arsehole on the back of my eating habits. I wish Cindy all of the best on this wonderful work she does. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at at Freddy, or on Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.